The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there folks, it's Chris and M for another line commentary. We'll have some chat. Some trivia and humor galore We promise it won't be scary There'll be some selling, some drinking and some smoking too You can always pause it to go to the loo Cause it's a line commentary With Chris and M With Chris and M Ah, uh, here we go. By the power of Jesus, go! Welcome to Linecast. That's what I'm calling it now, Linecast. Linecast? Linecast, I think it sounds cool. That does sound cool. It's cool, like bow ties. Hey, wait, can I, can I push pause? Because I have to go to the loo. <laughs> that jingle was a mistake, wasn't it? I did threaten no! the jingle. If you... I swear to you, if that jingle disappears, we are not friends anymore. No, no, the jingle will stay. There might even be more jingles. It might need reworking. We might actually need to get someone to sing who can actually sing. Gotcha. I think that probably uh, would be a good thing. But, uh, <laughs> no, yes, more no. jingles, I think, are useful on commentary. More jingles, more Chris singing jingles. Oh, Lord. Hello, 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 hello. My name is Chris Britton. I am uh, the writer, the director, creator of The Line, the episode uh, five commentary. Welcome to, I'm sure you've just listened to it. With me today is... Hello, I'm M. Ciro Garcia, opinionated contributor. Marvellous. Marvellous. I love your opinions, I love your contributing, and I love it when you opinionally contribute. Um, okay. (laughs) It's been another month. Another month has passed. It's now August. Good gracious. Good gracious me, we've just passed through a Friday the 13th. Um, oh, we haven't because we're recording this in advance, but you guys just have, so I hope everyone's still alright. We're talking to you from the future. I, I, I put a lot of stock in the luck of Friday the 13th, because the last Friday the 13th, last year, I passed an exam. So, um, so I don't really believe in this bollocks about it being unlucky, but um, uh, that means that something horrible is going to happen to everyone now. So I apologise for that uh, in advance. Thank you. Anyway, welcome to episode 5, Obscurum, part 1, Darkness, part 1. Um, this is where I feel that the line becomes uh, real. We've we've got through the the first four episodes are really exposition. Yes, four whole episodes of exposition. I know. I do apologise, um, but I hope it was fun to get through. But this is where the this is where the story starts. This is where the adventures begin, and this is which builds up the first adventure, which builds up between episode five and six. Because um, uh, one of the things I really wanted to do is, is uh, all time radio and a lot of the radio shows out there are, are very much about the uh, linear arc stories, um, and there's very little episodic storytelling. There's a few exceptions. Mm. Um, what I wanted to tell was a classic kind of a nineties stroke two thousand TV style show, which was arc based but episodic at the same time. Mm. Um, so we get the character development, we get the changes. Unlike, you know, I mean, you, you, you have shows, you look at Star Trek Next Generation, where it's pretty much a reset button at the end of every episode, with the exception of a couple of things. Tasha's death and Q's recurring uh, visits. But apart from that, it, it was pretty much a reset every episode. Um, and then you compare that with something like Buffy, where they did sort of have the monster of the week, but you also had... The underlying, um, the underlying arc plot and the character development and, mm-hmm. and, and the things that happen. So that's what I want to do with the line. Sorry, I was a bit long-winded to say that. Um, I talked over the entire first scene between Steph and Dee. <laughs> um, obviously, this is uh, a little while later, a little while after episode four, and mm-hmm. we've discovered that Steph has once again given uh, given away her responsibility and given up her responsibility and has told Kitty and Sahi and Joe to fuck off. And Dee is quite happy about this, and they are organising a party. Woohoo! Under the guise that they're going to study. 
Yes. You know, high school students don't do that at all. <laughs> when we get to the party, uh, this does sound like the most epic, massive party in the world. It's amazing yeah, it that they didn't have neighbours big banging down the door, the police pulling up on their yard. Um, yeah, probably sounds a bit bigger than it actually should. But let's just hand wave that, okay? It's, it's just a cool party. Well, they could be so wasted that that is their perception. Well, that yeah, absolutely. Steph's done so many drugs that that's just what she was seeing it through her eyes. That's really good. I'm writing that down. That's what it is. Excellent. Hello? We're on the ride with 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 um with Steph. Yes, absolutely. So here we are. I love this scene. I thought you did that. You did this beautifully because you don't have anything to play off against for the first minute of this scene. You just have to talk to yourself. <laughs> I'm so proud of this. You should be. I love making sounds when I, like, the whole, like, what would it sound like if I was picking someone up off the bed? Well, this is what it sounds like. <laughs> it's called acting, my friend. I'm, I'm not sure if you're quite aware of the craft. Oh, acting. Oh, oh, I acting. thought you I thought, I thought you were just pretending. No. No, no. <laughs> God knows I'm not an actor. I'm just a big faker. We've been there, done that. <laughs> I can give you a couple of lists of names. Oh, not for now, not for now. Anyway, well, here... <laughs> so, Kitty is ever so lovely. <laughs> Drunk, you know, sheets to the wind, or as the British would say, off her face. Is that correct? Uh, yes, off her face. Plastered. Plastered. On, uh, yes. Fini uh, at home from on the Raz. No, I, I, I quite like plastered. Uh, plastered's good. Plastered. And so, this is a nice little moment between Kitty and Sahi, and it really just sets up just how beautiful the relationship is. Well, exactly. Well, this is this is a, this is a few weeks after they've met now, and so yeah. they've been hanging out for the last few weeks, wondering what the hell they can do, considering Steph isn't around and you know helping them like she's supposed to be. So, yeah, but. Um, I mean, Sahi's pretty stiff, so just having, you know, Kitty Kitty knows what buttons to push just to piss her off. So she, I think Kitty quite, quite enjoys the new hobby of antagonizing Sahi. Well, I think so. Um, as, she, uh, as she can't uh, destroy her own life, I think she's having quite a lot of fun uh, messing up Sahi's. Of course, the question still is, just to put the question in the mind of the listeners, in case it's not there already, it should be, um, <laughs> is why is Sahi so stiff? Because the first time we meet her, she's definitely not. No, oh, she's definitely not stiff. She's got something stiff in her. Uh, and so... Are you touching because um, I had to take it there? <laughs> you know, I, I, we're only like a seven minutes in and you're already taking it there. I know, I know. That's what she said, but I'm fine. <laughs> she liked taking it there. Oh, yes. Sorry. Um, this is very much an episode of just like little scenes of two people talking. <laughs> we kind of had mm. Steph and D, and now we have Kitty and Sahi. Well, it's a nice little, again, I, we've done this before where there's wee little vignettes, but this is more, this is a little bigger. This is a little more conversational. This is a little deeper. I mean, uh, in a moment, we'll have um, Joe pop in, and you'll... You, you'll you'll start to see because you've seen two people together here and two people together there and it's Kitty and Sahi or it's Kitty and Steph or it's Tom and Steph. We're just starting to get into the point where you're going to see three of them together and interacting and in the next group and you're going to see this kind of progression. Um, and I just realized that while we were going over um, episode 11, is I've I really see that kind of clustering up. And you'll you'll get it. Well, this does this definitely builds up to the first mission for the team, um, <laughs> as I call it. I know it sounds really crap, doesn't it? But um, I don't. I don't. They're going to get I don't jackets and baseball caps, and <laughs> let's go team. They got badges. <laughs> <laughs> they'll ride around on scooters with matching helmets. They all say the order on them. They've got a smiley face in the O. <laughs> <laughs> They don't really. No. No. I'm lying. 
lying to you all. I really, um, I do like, I love, in fact, the way that uh, Xander uh, did Joe's um, prophecy that he makes in this. Mm. And I also quite like um, that we the, the, the micro cassette, the micro cassette. Boy, oh boy, oh fucking boy, did we have an Who argument says over this? Dictaphone. Everybody, and everybody except you says dictaphone. Who, after 1975, says the fucking word dictaphone? All right, everyone says dictaphone, mainly because it's Where? got the word dick in it, which means it's funny. Where? Um, everyone. Everyone says dick. Really? Yeah. If everyone jumped off a bridge, would you? Uh, no, but that's See? not the same as saying dictaphone. <laughs> but you gonna... won. I've used the word micro cassette, have I not? I appreciate that. I think even Bex put up a poll on her um on her live journal, and it came out fifty fifty. Thank you. She did, and uh, dictaphone won by quite some way, actually. No, it didn't. Yes, I think you'll find that it did. Mm mm. Mm hmm. We'll just have, um, you know, I'm just going to have to email Bex tomorrow and we'll just have to review. Feel free. Anyway, um, yes, <laughs> micro cassette. I don't mind. Micro cassette's fine. Everyone knows what, everyone knows what that is, I suppose. Yes. They're the wee little cassette players that take little wee cassettes. It's smart on Joe's part, by the way, to start recording those just in case something happens and... Well, I know, and I wanted him to, obviously, he, you know, we've established him as an intelligent guy, very, very uh, passionate about his technology, quite nerdy, and I thought, well, what would he do? He's not going to have a pad, pen, pencil to jot it down afterwards. Why not have something that means he can record it on the go, and uh, and that will become part of his thing over the uh, over the coming episodes now, of him having this microset stroke dictaphone with him all the time to record useful things. And now we jump into creepy, creepy Father Jacob. Deary, deary me, Michael King. Give me the shivers. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Dear little Tom. I know, I know. Dear little slightly lost Tom at the moment. And now we get our first Tom and Phil live scene together. Oh, Tom Stitzer. Miss Tom Stitzer and Chris Stutter. Hi. Because um, obviously episode four was all in flashback, but I really wanted to. And this uh, this scene this scene wasn't here at all because in episode four the whole Tom thing wasn't there either. I just mm-hmm. kind of had Tom getting more into the church and hints about uh, his relationship. But I really wanted to bring it to the fore really early about his life, and I think this is where I really position where he is at the moment. And I was really glad you did that because it really does establish him a lot more, and you can understand the relationship. That he's that he has with his with you know his supposed faith at the moment, or you know whatever he believes his faith to be at the moment. So it's just really interesting, and you took it somewhere that I, I got a little uncomfortable when I was reading it because I thought that's really he really just he starts quoting this this bit right here. It just it's he's condemning Phil, who months ago he was you know blowing. Well, absolutely. I mean, I was nicking shit straight out of uh, straight out of Revelations at this point, because um, you know you got to have a bit of Revelations in there, um, and we've got Kai Hartwig's music kind of builds up here and becomes over the top. But I want it. I want. No, I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be dark and grim because while this is a fictional story, this does this does happen. There are many ex-gay ministries. Um, around, uh, well, around the US. God, there's some here in the UK as well. They're not quite so prevalent, but they exist. Um, and you have groups of people who are basically saying, you join this religion and we'll stop you from being gay. Mm-hmm. Which is the most ludicrous fucking thing you've ever heard. And but they, and yet, uh, people are so unhappy because they are uh, oppressed by the society or rejected by their family that they go for it. They try to pray the gay away. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. Um, which of course is bullshit and doesn't work, but people can convince themselves it does because perhaps it gives them a slightly happier life in certain aspects for a short space of time. But really, all it is is just adding massive psychological issues onto something that should be free, normal, happy, and relaxed. I'm not mean to go on a massive rant about it, but I wanted to kind of I wanted to address the fact that this is mm. happening, and I think Phil. Uh, Phil has a bit of a rant there, calls him an ex-queer convert, and and uh, 
yeah, yeah I, want, I wanted to address loose. it without having it, you know, shoved down people's throats. So I'm hoping it's not too, uh, no, not no. too cloying. Well, it's the whole, like, it just makes me laugh when people think you can... <laughs> David Alt and I came up with a product called um, Gay Away. It's a spray. Just one spray will spray the gay away. And it's, it, it just doesn't happen. It's just, it shit doesn't work. It just, it still amazes me, the whole concept of, you're not like me, so I hate you, and you're going to hell, and my God is going to smite you, even though he probably made you and loves everything, except for the caveats I've laid out in front of you now. You could have the spray gay away, but you could also have the spray just straight hate. <laughs> that, 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 that hates away the straight. It doesn't quite work, but... Uh, but yeah, I no. think the sh- I think the market should be open to uh, both options. Right. <laughs> oh man. Yes. Oh, and here we go. Where back with we? Kitty well, and Joe and Sahi. We're and back with our little threesome. <laughs> which uh, which they have become. Ugh, you right. You know what? Sahi talks too much. Really. She does. She annoys the fuck out of me. I, I, so. I think, yeah, I think so. she she still is playing my Basil exposition role a little bit um, at this point, um, and I do, I do intend for that to uh, change. Um, there will be more development of Sahi's character. I fear that she, she she is not she she doesn't get the development as quickly as others because there's a lot of mystery around Sahi, but um, it's coming. Which is okay because. There's a lot to her that we're... There's a lot of deep shit that she has put behind herself. And she has built up a very thick wall to put behind... To, to protect herself and to do what she's been tasked to do. Because whatever's gone on... And I have no idea what's gone on. Because you... I, I mean, I've read what you've written. But I'm sure there's something... Just from the way you write her, there's something deeper there. So, you know, I, I get... I, I like that she's, you know, the giant exposition wall, that she's just a big, thick wall, and that Kitty gets to chip away at her and have some fun doing it. Yeah, well, there's going to be a lot of breaking Sahi down to build her back up again. Right. And Kat, uh, Kat is hilarious. Oh, I, well, I know. Yeah, you and you and Kat have a great rapport anyway, and you guys know each other, and you know what you're like, and you know the character, so I think that really helps. But um, your voices just gel together, and these scenes don't take a lot of editing. And they don't take a lot of SFX um, in there either, to be honest, because um, it's just it's just nice just to have the, the dialogue flowing with Xander throwing in his old line and um, and there was discussion here about the Nazis having a demon master, um, which I just I, I, I yeah whatever it's just a throwaway line. I'm going to put a lot of those in. I've got I'll be be straight with you all now. There's going to be a lot of little throwaway lines. Uh, glib stuff about stuff that may have happened in the past involving angels and demons and I apologise um, don't apologise <laughs> don't apologise don't apologise for your work okay. unless it's shit and then apologise but it's not shit no I don't think it's shit I just think it, it is a slightly lazy thing to do to just go oh yeah and the Nazis were all by a demon and George Bush was actually under control of Satan uh, <laughs> you know uh, not that I'm equating the Nazis with George Bush, okay? Let's not go down that route. He is uh, slightly <laughs> worse than the Nazis. Um, everyone knows this. And now... <laughs> I quite like this band. This is really good. It's not bad, is it? Uh, is it? They're called, they're called The Spectrum. This is from Sound of Summer. Hmm. Um, and I think it's... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's quite good. It's got a nice bit of punk rock to it. As we walk into the Palladium... I know, shut up. <laughs> it does sound fucking massive, doesn't it? I know, I know. I wanted to, well, I, I wanted to get that feeling of, of like, part of party, but not so, not house party. I don't know, I wanted it to be in between. I wanted people spilling out the front door and people spilling out the back door and people going, chug, chug, chug. So, um, yeah, it's, it, 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 it does sound over the top. But, um, well, you figure it's at Dee's place, right? It's at Steph's. It's Steph's. Oh, because I was thinking, I was gonna try and and cover and say, oh, well, it's at Dee's house and she's loaded, and so it's yeah, epic. no, that would work. No, it's at Steph's. Steph's got her parents to go to uh, to go to stay with Dee's mom. 
Right. I love this oh, bit. This I Tanya is you. so funny in this scene. Your hair, your face. <laughs> Doing her drunkenness. It's so very silly. Drunk people are funny. Until they stop being funny and then they're just annoying. But at least for this part, they're just funny. I think we need more scenes of everyone being a bit pissed in this show. I don't feel, I don't feel there's enough of it. There's the whole, no, 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 fine. Fine. I can compose music, it's great. I'm always very convinced that I'm very calm and and uh, and very uh, very lucid when I'm drunk, and I suspect the reality is I'm neither of those things. That's you're just... a little giggly when you're drunk. Yes, I'm a little giggly most of the time, but I'm especially giggly when I'm drunk. I'm a lot more fucking sweary when I'm drunk as well. Yes, you are. Having only been drunk with you once. I know. In a proper creepy pub with a proper proper creepy pub lady. That was a creepy fucking out. pub, wasn't it? Christ almighty, and that, and that woman who was like so pissed she couldn't stand nothing, the paramedics had to come and get her. Oh. That was a good night. That was a good, that was a good night. We watched Jerry Springer the Opera. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Alright, so here, <laughs> people don't want to hear about this. People no. want to hear about the line. <laughs> awesome. And now, <laughs> we're in Steph's room, and they're desperately trying to sober her drunk ass, toked up ass up. I know, and persuade her to come with them come on. to do a bit of investigating into, uh, into Joe's visions. Come on, everybody into the mystery van. Let's go. Well, that's the thing. You don't want to make it sound Scooby-Doo, do you? Right. You've got, you've got to sort of like... Uh, Which is an easy place to go. It's oh, really easy to go into the whole Shaggy Scooby, you know, Velma. It's just that it's, it's way too easy. So I'm, I'm glad that we've kind of pulled it away. Although I think in an upcoming script, I may have written a little one-liner about Shaggy and Scooby. <laughs> I really hope you left it in. Oh, I'm sure I did. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, going back to in, in, inspiration and stuff, you know, I mean, Buffy again, the they, the team in Buffy, Buffy's friends and stuff, they call themselves the Scoobies, but um, based on uh, based on Scooby Doo, and so yeah, so it's 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 trying to avoid that while while obviously recognizing that that kind of thing has been done before. There's no point uh, trying to avoid what comes before you. It's done beautifully. Eddie Izzard said it best, that you could go anywhere in the world and try and say anything, and people will be like, uh, what? And then if you just go Shaggy and Scooby, they're like, ah, oh, me, Steady They'll totally know what you're talking about. It's a universal um, bridge amongst the peoples of the world. Now, I've just had a line from Steph about uh, her granddad, who uh, came from Haiti, and that was obviously, that was a bit of a retcon. This script was written before the Haitian earthquake and beginning mm-hmm. of this year. And so I went back and re-edited and put that line in because um, obviously Steph had had Haitian roots. Her mum is Haitian, and I knew that her granddad was always going to be in the show. And I felt that it would be wrong not to recognise that the earthquake had occurred. Equally, I felt it would be wrong to try and uh, co-opt what is uh, still a horrific disaster. I think I was reading in the news that uh, 98% of the rubble is still there. Only 2% has been cleared up in the last six months. Oh, yeah. They have no infrastructure to do it. Um, and a, ma- a mass amount of population is still homeless. It really is. It's very sad. Very, and uh, is it 60% of the monies that have been promised haven't made it anywhere near the island? Yes. Well, there's a whole loads of corruption stuff going on as well. Um, but that's a different matter, which I don't know much about. But um, but yeah, but I wanted to recognise it. And I originally, I wanted to add in a line to episode two or three, like just after Steph's come round with, with her saying, with her finding out that her granddad, about the earthquake and that her granddad's moved to Angel Falls, because obviously the earthquake happened while she was in a coma. Mm. 
Um, but I just, I, I didn't really have the time, and I didn't really find, there wasn't really a place to put it in where it felt natural. So I think it was natural the way you did it. It makes absolute sense. You know, that it happened, and then her parents brought him to the, to the U.S. and to help take care of him. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you did a fine job. Yeah, I think there's. I mean, there's a lot more backstory I have in my head around uh, her granddad um, that we we may well get into somewhere somewhere down the line. Huh. Um, always funny, always funny in a totally. Let's drink, kids. Everybody line. drink when we everyone make a, drink when we say the line. We should have a line drinking game. That's an awesome idea. Yay! We'll do, we'll do that next week, uh, next month. Um, we'll do we'll do we'll do a line drinking game next month. Awesome. Um, <laughs> but um, but for now, anyway, no, I do think it places quite nicely. I think it builds up quite nicely in this episode to his reveal in this final scene, this final really fucking long scene. I mean, the, the whole episode is like, it's kind of like a little bit, little bit, little bit, and there's a massive fucking bit on the end um, where they go and hang out with uh, with Jean-Pierre Kelly's played by Richard Castor. Richard Castor, welcome back to the line after your star turn as bully number one. Um, you outdid yourself with this role. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, outdid yourself. The voice is brilliant. And it sounds a lot like Marley's voice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Marley being uh, Jean-Pierre's, uh, Cecile being Jean-Pierre's daughter. That works very well. Cecile's lived in America all along, so her accent is softer. His is, his is much more pronounced. But I really, I really think it works. And I'm, I'm in awe of the voice that you did for this because, uh, I knew that these accents were not going to be easy and gods know I couldn't do it. <laughs> I love this line where he talks about the little posse. <laughs> It's a nice deep voice he's got there. It is great, it's great, and it's so different from from mm-hmm. the bully he was playing in episode uh, episode three. And you know, I missed an opportunity to meet him while I was down in Miami, so I'm, I'm still you know a little teased at myself that my schedule didn't allow. Yeah, we must we must meet Richard Castor. Mm. That'd be lovely. <laughs> yes, and I had had him doing a little bit of a uh, little bit of weed. <laughs> you won't mind if I Always a little bit of weed. Um, you know what's what's a night? You know, in what's a trip to Granddad's without a little spliff? Well, that's it. Well, he's got arthritis, which he calls Mister Arthur, and uh, as he mm. as he says there, Mister Arthur gets cold, uh, cold and uh, banned the cold nights, and of course uh, he's moved from uh, from Haiti, um, where the temperature is a fair bit warmer, to Angel Falls, which is. Somewhere in northwest East America. <clears throat> Did we ever decide where it was? <laughs> I thought we said it was like like upstate New York. Yes, I think that's right. New Hampshire, sort of. Yeah. New well, it's ha- a little easter, a little more east than New York. All right, that, maybe, we'll go with maybe. that. We'll go with that for now. It's like Springfield. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what borders us? Well, it's the only place in the world where five states border one another. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know where it is. Sorry, that's terrible, isn't it? I'm sure I'll figure it out. But it's not really relevant to the, to uh, no. to this arc. No. Mr. I could listen to him all flipping night. I know it really is. It's a beautiful voice. It really is. Um, yeah, it's lovely, and uh, it's not too spoilerific to saying he will be back in episode six. Yay! So there's a bit more coming, a bit more coming next month. Episode six, episode six, I'm really liking. I think this is yeah, you know, this this uh, this all works very well, but it is it's all build up, it's all build up to episode six, which is uh, which is the revelation of what's going on, and I think that's a big one. It's a nice dark mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, that's a bit of a line. I, I was I was listening to that earlier. I was thinking when he when he says that she's found out the meaning of life and it's all one fucking joke. He's referring to Kitty. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought he was. Who he was referring yeah, to? Yeah, and maybe that does come across quite clearly because there isn't a. Uh, there isn't an audio cue to who he's referring to. 
Right, but, you, but you, we already know that Sahi is a bit, you know, of a stick in the mud, so I'm pretty sure just from looking at her, you could see that. Yeah. And Kitty, I still envision Kitty. Like, every time I think of Kitty, I think of Joan Jett. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly what I've got in my head, but yeah, okay. No, but like a mature Joan Jett. Like, she's she's with the dark hair and the leather jacket, and she's just like, fuck all of you. Kind no, of I, can, I can see that. I can see that. I don't know why. It's kind of like every time I hear Steph, I can... And, and Tanya, I picture Ellen Page. Yeah, well, no, I do that as well. We both do that, don't we? She's our own little Juno. Sure, hon. Feel free to stop by any time, all of you. Especially you, Kitty. Oh, they're flirting. It's Kitty, and, yeah. A bit of old man flirting. It's Kitty, and I'm really fucking gay. Love that and cat, you're all like seventy something, but never mind. That read couldn't have been, and that that was just perfect. I suppose the scene felt quite long because um, it merges into the next scene with that because there isn't really much of a break. Um, so I just kind of merge one from the other. This piece of music here um, is uh, Kevin McLeod. And it was a piece of music I used over the very first teaser trailer, over Steph's teaser trailer for the line. Recycling, are we? We're recycling a little bit. Well, I saw. I thought it kind of built quite nice at this point, and it also sort of reflected. You know, this is very much a Steph decision moment. I, 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 I'm very pleased with how this final bit came out. This uh, fight between them, and if I know it feels like we kind of get to like this point where Steph is accepting them, and then she says, "Tell them to fuck off," and then she's accepting them, and tells them to fuck off. But I really wanted to play out that dichotomy for as long as I could without it getting dull. Um, with how conflicted she feels. I don't think it's a stretch at all, because, you know, when you're 16 years old, you change your mind with the wind. Well, quite, so, yeah. So, I, I, find it, I find it natural. Geek-tastic, Geek-tastic, yeah. I love that word. Look, I just want to be left alone. You know, and I'm going to... I feel like drinking every time I hear someone start a line, look. Do I do that a lot? I, 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 I've been finding that I do it a bunch. So I'm, I, like, after I went through this last script, I went through, <laughs> and I deleted, like, half of them just to make sure. It's just, I don't know. Like, I, I worry that I overuse a word or I overuse a, a setup. I've discovered recently that, like, in emails and stuff, I start paragraphs so Far too often. And I have to, like, go back and check if I only started one paragraph with, so, comma, carry on. Um, because otherwise it looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's it, Kitty, go! Or Steph, go! Go, yeah, go! Steph running off, and then we get the boom, 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 boom. She's done! And then we <laughs> the trailer for episode Oh, we missed six. my favorite line! Hold on, no, the... And you, Sahi, you're what? British? That's your alleged power? I'm pretty sure that was your line. Did I write that? I think you wrote that line. I think I had something uh, not nearly as snarky. And you went, no, not snarky enough. Have a go uh, on about her being British. When did I? Oh, you know, I may have. I may have been, may have been like after a, after a tete-a-tete about saying aluminum wrong. Ah, bloody aluminum. <laughs> so that's another episode. It is another episode. Episode five. I know. Can you believe it? I can't. I, I can't actually. I can't I'm believe. I can't so believe we're at episode six, proud which of is you. half a year. I'm proud I'm of us. So, oh, I. Do you know what? I'm just. I'm along for the ride. Are you kidding? I'm proud of everyone. This wouldn't be. This wouldn't be what it was. It weren't for you know. If these were just words before. It's kind of like when I bake something and I go, oh my god, these used to be ingredients. <laughs> now they've made this modge in my oven. All these wonderful ingredients, all this talent, and it's just making a really great sponge cake. <laughs> and I like a sponge. I felt this was too good a, a jazzy tune not to use for over the credits. I like it. So there might be a pattern of 
episode, every four episodes or so, we're going to use a piece of music over the credits. I don't know. I might not stick to that. But uh, as we use one in episode one, so mm. maybe episode episode five, and then we might see it return again in episode uh, nine. So we'll sort of okay. see how that pans out. But I did think this was a good piece of jazz. Welcome to or do it in episode club. 11, because then it would be like almost every other prime number. Yes, I'm except adored. I would have missed. Except one is not a prime number. It is a prime. Nope. It's only divisible by itself. Yep. Not a prime. It's only divisible by itself and one. Yep, but it is That's one. That's what a prime number is. But it is one. Are you sure? Yep. Because it's it's a, a prime number is something that's divisible by itself and one, but one is already one, so it oh, it doesn't meet both those rules. Leading me on by killing Jack. It's divisible by itself. One is not a prime number. I know you're looking it up on Wikipedia right I now. I am. And I can tell that everybody, everybody is switching off their set and going, I'm not listening <laughs> to this for a fucking minute longer. And you or know what? You if, if you're about to do that, you're to wrong because loop. we're about to go into Letters Corner. Letters Corner? Letters Gosh. Corner, I know. So have you found out about this prime number so we can solve that and go into Letters Corner? Yes. One, by definition, is not prime. Ah, yes. Suck it. Anyway, Bazinga. Bazinga. Fuck you. Let's go on. <laughs> oh, good night. Okay. Oh, it's just my American education. What do you want? I don't know. Well, we had a commentary to start. We had a commentary. We had a jingle to start the commentary. And I really feel we should have a jingle to start Let's Corner, but I don't have one. Let's so, not. um,. So I'm no. afraid we're just going to have to go in. But pretend you just heard a snazzy little jingle. Uh, a blues no. number with M no. singing really sexily. No, you don't have to pretend that at all. Go on, go on, say something sexy. No. <laughs> that was crap. Um, I know! precisely <laughs> why I did it. Anyway... Hey, hey, Chris. Welcome to Letters Corner, everyone. This is where the commentary goes on for a bit longer because we welcome had some mail. Seven, one of these, one of these pieces of mail was sent in a month Letters ago. Corner. Are you just talking Letters. over me? Yes, I was being boring. Stop talking over me. <laughs> I'm in charge That's here. This is my commentary. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> I know, I know. You're the boss of me. I know how it works. It's okay. I'm not the boss of you either. <laughs> you're, you're a little bit. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway. Right. St- serious things. Serious things. So, we've had some mail. The first one's been waiting for a month for us to get to, and I do apologise that it wasn't in the last commentary, but... Um, Sorry, Mindy. I, I'd kind of realised that we'd had it after we did the commentary, and there was nothing I could do. But as I said, any mail we get, positive or negative, we will... Uh, talk about it in the commentary. And this piece of mail from the lovely or wonderful Mindy Rast, um, who will be popping up in the line in a few episodes' time. Oh, spoilers, but she will. She's playing a part. Um, is she really? She is really, yeah. She's not just going to be like in the corner as an extra. No, no, no. She's playing an actual part. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, with a name and everything. <laughs> um, but she sent us quite a long email that I will now endeavour to read out. And we will comment as we go. I might edit here and there, Mindy. That's uh, not no offence to you at all, but um, I don't want the commentary to be double the length of the episode. Or <laughs> we could we could post it and share it if she's interested. If and kind of put it out there. It well, was... yes, no. I th- I think I am looking at somewhere of starting on some kind of line blog where we will uh, discuss these things a little bit more. But yep. um, for now, as we don't have that, let's go. So Mindy writes to us. Like kids show, it's great. Hello, Chris and M. I've been mean to write since I listened to your latest commentary, but I'm lazy in getting my bearings back from being away. First, I wanted to say I really appreciate explaining your sense of faith, Chris. I was kind of wary of someone who identifies as an atheist to write a show about religion. My sister has the theory there's no such thing as a true atheist. There are agnostics and people who very much believe in God, but are very angry with him. I don't know about that, but I was a little nervous, so to hear you explain that you're open to the subject was nice. And M, it's weird, you rationalising the way you question your Catholicism is pretty much exactly the same wording that I use. Weird. It is weird, Ben. It, it is. It's, and, it's weird uh, just being... Uh, it's it's weird just being a more open Catholic, I think. Well, yes, I mean, because you, you would classify yourself as an open Catholic. I, I would classify myself very much as an ex-Catholic. Um, well, 
David told me that I'm actually an Anglican Catholic. Yes, you probably are. Anglicized I'm still working Catholic. on figuring that out. Yeah. Anyway. But, um, so thanks, no, but, Mindy. but no, I appreciate that. And yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, atheist writing religion, show you think it's all going to be, oh, fucking religion, fucking responsible for every fucking problem on this fucking planet, fucking religion, you know. Um, that's a really bad impression of an atheist. Uh, but I, I, to my, actually, I must say, most atheists, most atheists I meet and read things, uh, written by them are not like that. Most are very accepting of religion within society, but they personally don't want a part of that. And I think when you look at the humanist societies and secular societies, they're not about stamping out religion. They're about allowing people to question religion, question their faith without uh, fear of reprisal, without fear of religious dogma, stopping that questioning. And that's kind of where I am. Will I class myself as an atheist? Well, I think we had the discussion either last uh, commentary or the commentary before. No, I can't because I don't know. I'm just not sure. I'm not confident enough to say one way or another. But um, but I'm certainly questioning, and I'm certainly not attempting to write a show that is just about being down on religion. It's just about questioning mm. the concept of religion, especially if certain aspects of certain religions were true. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Fair. Yeah. All right. So that's paragraph one. So uh, Mindy carries on. Uh, anyhow, now to the actual discussion part. That is, if you're interested. We are interested, Mindy. So we'll carry on. A lot of things popped into my head, some of which came from the commentary, and some of which from my A9 logic. I, we, I don't know what A9 logic means. I feel this is a failing on my, my, my uh, knowledge, but I know M doesn't either. Um, I, I don't, and I, I did Google it, so I, it's a conversation we need to have further. I know, I don't, it's just a phrase that I'm not aware of. Anyway, I know a chunk of people who are raised Catholic but aren't anymore. I am. Uh, the closest faith I found, to, uh, the closest I found to my faith that fits me is uh, Bahi. My boyfriend turned Taoist, and my friend Kira went pagan. Uh, a little bit ago, though, Drake talked to a priest. I'm assuming Drake is her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and Kira talked to a mum about Catholicism, and we're both surprised that some of the big issues they have with religion aren't really there. Uh, it's what was pushed by someone else's filter. For example, Drake isn't necessarily against Catholicism; he's against his mum's version of Catholicism. I started thinking about it as watching Angels and Demons. There's a bit where the acting Pope is talking to Tom Hanks, playing Robert Langdon, uh, before he decides to give him access to Vatican archives. He asks him, do you believe in God? And Tom Hanks starts to answer, I think religion, but he gets cut off. Uh, and uh, the acting Pope says, I did not ask you what you think about man's perception of God. I asked if you believe in God. Considering the Bible wasn't written until a thousand years after the fact, and then it was edited to suit the times, how much of the act of religion is just people's perception of it? They took out the book of Thomas because it implied Jesus could have had a gay experience. They took out the book of Mary Magdalene because it implies a woman was the most important of the apostles. And actually, she was the one to start the church, not Peter. And the story of Lilith shows a woman fought for equal rights in the Garden of Eden, but that's not in there. Now, uh, Mindy, yeah, you're absolutely right. All these uh, aspects have become the apocrypha, uh, which is uh, very not talked about very much within uh, religion, especially within Catholicism, which has very much a set dogma and a set version of the Bible, namely King James uh, version of the Bible. Of course, more modern versions are used in some churches, but I think that's where they, they, all, they all base themselves from. Um, and I think it's very interesting what you say, and I think it's, it's absolutely where I come from from this, is that... Yeah, religion is perception. And if perception changes, does the religion change? And if the religion changes, does God change? If God, if we assume for a minute that God is real, if a religion shifts, does God shift with the religion? Because without faith, God is nothing. Mm. Don't know. Uh, but that's something I'm definitely trying to discuss in the line. And definitely trying to delve into in the line. I think we'll see a lot more of that a little bit in this arc, more coming up in future arcs over the next couple of years. Really want to discuss how it's people's perception of things that has the power to uh, to to change and mould the world around them, uh, especially in ideas of faith. Anything you want to say to that, Em? No, I'm actually looking up the, the different. There are a couple different versions of the Bible that, depending on, <laughs> it sounds funny, but. Which version of the Catholic Church you belong to? Ah, yeah, well, of course, there is that. There are many different uh, areas of how the American Catholic Church is very different from the UK Catholic Church. Well, because there's more than the King James, and then it just depends. It just depends on if you're following the teachings 
as laid out prior to Vatican II, if you're maintaining those, or if you're using the changes from Vatican II, if you've decided to use the more modern version. Okay, it again, it all boils down to like the in the. Uh, I don't know how to reduce this down. I don't know how to to boil it down to get just the meat of what I need and what I can understand. So for me, the simplest thing to do is to go back to the simplest things I can believe and I do believe and have faith in. So when I go, I you know, I remember learning about the Book of Thomas and learning about the Book of Mary Magdalene, but I didn't learn about those until I was 30. After yeah. years of, 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 of Catholic, Catholic, Catholic doctrine. Yes. And doctrine classes. Because um, such things are not discussed. No, not at all. Not at all. So it's, it's, that actually, Mindy's email has kind of sparked me to go back and go and read those again. Mm. But, I don't know, it's, there's really not enough wine to discuss that tonight. <laughs> well, to continue on Mindy's email, because there's a few more good points which I feel we need to touch on. She talks about, the Book of Mormon was written by a known common. Seven Deadly Sins were written by a monk and then edited by another monk a century or two later, and they're not in the Bible at all. I mentioned some positive things to my priest uh, in college, Father Darrell, and he told me that he was trying to explain the church's ways and has been told that while what he has said was really modern and awesome, it's not part of the church's teachings. I mean, recently, um, I believe the Pope created a whole new lot of Deadly Sins. Uh, one based around environmental damage. Now, he's the Pope. He can do what he like. He's the fucking Pope. I think um, he actually listed poking badgers with spoons. Fucking badgers with spoons. That is now a deadly sin. It um, is. It's an original one and a deadly one. <laughs> but, um, but if the Pope can just change the religion, then, uh, now, Pope is, the Pope is, is, is supposed to be God's voice on earth. But that does leave a lot of questions around the religion about, well, if he can do that, why can't he just say, yeah, actually, it's all right for, you know, gay people to have sex and get married? Why can't he say, actually, contraception isn't killing people because guys wank a lot and a lot of sperm disappears uh, through that? So what's the problem with having contraception that just stops us overpopulating this fucking planet? Um, interesting, the Pope doesn't say those things, but the Pope does speak out against environmental damage. Mm, don't know. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, it was really environmentally damaging. The fact that we it took thousands, uh, you know, a couple hundred years for them to go. Oh yeah, we the, the sun doesn't go around us. There's a lot of environmentally. There's a lot of mental damage that the church has caused, and I don't understand why that isn't a deadly sin. Well, exactly. Yes, I mean, there's a huge amount of things that be called deadly sins. Um, a huge amount of things would be called mortal or venial sins. Um, but it's, it's, it's what specifically gets labelled by the Catholic Church as stuff, uh, as such. And, and that comes directly from the Pope. Um, and that has been the way for the past thousand years or so when the Church really began to gather power, especially during the Dark Ages. I mean, really, who died and made him boss? <laughs> oh, oh, the I've other got, Pope. I've got to go, yes, indeed, the other Popes. And Jesus. And Jesus, maybe. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's a cut. Mindy then talks a lot about, uh, about Sedna and Inuit goddess. Now, I don't want to go into that right now. We might try and touch on that at the next, uh, commentary. Mindy, if that's alright, or we'll discuss that with you, um, on our blog, which I really do want to get started up. Um, because you don't have but, enough shit to do. Because I don't know. Well, no, absolutely. I'm bored most of the time. But I do want to just, just down to her final paragraph. Um, she says, I find it interesting how many religions have the story of a great flood. It got me thinking how likely faith and religion are two entirely different things. Faith is what's really there, and religion is people trying to understand that the best way they can comprehend something that is ineffable and can never be understood. So religion can be changed. And I think that is the crux of the point of your email, and uh, absolutely spot on with what I always hoped I was going to be able to discuss with the line. So I'm really glad that it's kind of brought up those thoughts and discussions and you want to discuss those kind of things with us because that's what I want to discuss with other people is people get so het up about their religion says certain things and therefore they must be true. Well, hang on, but that, that has been changed by people, uh, by fallible, by corruptible people. 
and and it, can the word of God be written by humankind? I mean, it would be mankind if any of these religions to go by, but, you know, let's keep sexism out of this. Can, can the word of God be written by humankind? Can the words of the gods be written by humankind? I don't really think it can. I don't really believe that Joseph Smith was gifted the power of two tablets uh, to, <laughs> to, to write down the laws of the Book of Mormon and the Church of Latter-day Saints. I think he was a con man who managed to make a lot of money out of people and has created a massive religion. Same with L. Ron Hubbard in Scientology. That's my personal perspective. I could be fucking wrong. My my personal thing is quite interesting. I, 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 I've turned away from Catholicism. The one person, the one thing that, that almost brought me back at once was Kevin Smith. And Kevin Smith made an excellent film uh, called Dogma, which if you haven't seen, I, I, I urge you to go and get it right now. It's one of the best discussions of Catholicism, um, of Catholic dogma I have ever seen. I wish the line could be half what dogma is. And in that, he has a Salma Hayek uh, playing a certain part. I won't spoil it for you. But she comes out with the line, and I think it's pawn. It doesn't, uh, it's, it's not what you have faith in. It's just that you have faith. And mm-hmm. I think that is pretty fucking crucial. Um, it doesn't matter if you have faith in a god or in a religion or in your best car or in your husband or wife or in your kids, but just that you have faith in something, preferably in yourself for a start. I think that's a good place to begin. Um, and I know that's pretty epically deep uh, for uh, for the end of a commentary, but um, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think that, that, that sums up, if, if I'm gonna be religious, and I'm not sure that I am, but if I am gonna be religious, it has to be based around faith and not around the religion. Well, going to dogma, there's another line in that movie that I love that Selma's character says is, um, I just looked it up to make sure I'm saying it right. I have issues with anyone who treats faith as a burden instead of a blessing. You people don't celebrate your faith. You mourn it. Yeah, absolutely. And- I think I think that doesn't come from it's 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 how it's projected upon us that you know if you're not good and you don't follow then you're bad and you should feel shame and you should repent and it's it's true people it's you know when I find when I find that I I've, I've got happiness in my faith it's because I'm celebrating it when you when you uh, the, the the worst the deepest the darkest times I've had involving you know my evolution in my faith. It's, uh, it was a point where I felt like I was doing everything wrong for the church. I was mourning my, uh, I, it felt like a curse, not a blessing. Yeah. And to have figured that out. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm of the same mind. That movie helped me figure out a lot of things. And I know it's, it's just a movie and I know it's Kevin Smith. And he was probably spliffed up while he wrote the whole thing, which is probably why it's so clearly and beautifully written. Actually, Kevin Smith hardly ever smoked weed. Um, until very recently, until the last couple of years. Mm. Um, I also highly recommend if you're a bit bored, or a bit if you've run out of uh, pendant podcasts and uh, other podcasts from excellent audio producers, I highly recommend Smodcast. Smodcast. Uh, once a week, Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier, his friend and uh, producer of many of his films, get together and shoot the ship over a wide variety of topics, and uh, it's hilarious. It's dirty, dirty, dirty shit, and it's brilliant. <laughs> it really is really funny. But no, Kevin he's Smith. Writing comics. Kevin Smith, yeah, he's currently writing a Batman comic called The Widening Gaia, which is an incredibly pretentious title, but I've really enjoyed it, and there's been a, a, a certain scene episode in issue six, which has uh, caused a lot of uh, consternation amongst the fan bases of Batman, and they feel it's totally out of character and very demeaning to them. I won't say what it is, because you've got to go out and read it, but I think it's fucking hilarious. Um, what they've done. So please, um, please get, yeah, go out and get, uh, Kevin Smith's one guy. I feel like I'm just selling Kevin Smith here. Um, but, uh, the guy's a dude and he breaks dogma and dogma, if there wasn't a dogma, there wouldn't be the line. Honestly. That's all right. Honestly. Kevin likes a good wank and you've definitely fan wanked right there. Yeah, so th- it's good. I think we so. We both did as a matter of fact. We both did fan wank. 
Oh, it's yeah, a double wank. Oh, yeah. So before we go, we just have one other email, which uh, only came in uh, a few days ago, actually. And yep. this is from Vin Ferrante. I hope I'm pronouncing your surname right. I'm Ferrante. Ferrante or Ferrant. I'm not sure if you pronounce the E or not. But anyway. Um, I'm sure Italian. It's a nice short one. And it just says, Hi, Chris and M. I'm a fan of the line and I'm glad to be caught at the beginning. You're doing a great job of slowly building up the tension while moving at a good pace. The creeping feeling that some bad things are going to go down is always there, even during the very funny scenes. I'm not sure there have been very funny scenes, but I'm glad someone thinks so. Occasionally I do try to write humour, but I'm not very good at it. So uh, I'm glad someone's laughing. Excellent. You're, oh, Pooh, you're fine. You're a good writer. The commentary is writer. also really entertaining. It'd be cool if you two could do some scenes together on the show. Ah, oh, Nancy, that's a nice idea, but I have a rule. I have a very strict rule with the line is that I am not going to act in it. The only time you're going to hear my voice is on the commentary and occasionally in the credits. Uh, but that's it. I am not acting in the line because I believe a writer and a director can't be unbiased enough to create themselves a character without Mary Suing, Gary Stewing themselves in. And um, oh, come on! You know you wrote you wrote God for yourself. Yes, yes, yes. I will play God exactly. You see, I don't want any of that bullshit. Don't want to be connected to it. So no. Uh, I'm writing and directing, and that's a lot of fun, and I'm very proud and privileged to be able to do that. But um, acting, that won't be happening in this show. But there are uh, other other podcasts on the internet where you might be able to hear me and Em playing off against each other. You can hear us on Dixie. So uh, thank you. Thank you for that. We um, play against each other on Dixie and, and on Catwoman. We do indeed. Dixie and Catwoman. Huh. Woohoo! Yay! So just to finish up, uh, thank you for your very nice words, Ben. We really appreciate it. And uh, you've uh, given us a link to your company site. It's Monarch Monarch Comicslair.com. So that's HTTP colon forward slash forward slash Monarch Comicslair. All one word, no space, dot dot com. Oh, hiccup. And, well, not only that, he's put a link to HTTP colon backslash backslash dub 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 pendantaudio.com backslash line he has indeed linked PHP. to us he's linked to um, us and it's uh, very cool he's um yeah he wants to stay in touch and i'm going to go and check out some of the comics that they're selling on there because it looks cool some indie comics which is always nice already started reading this is really cool so uh yeah so i really appreciate that and please all of you listeners out there, if you have any comments, any criticisms, queries, uh, please do send them through to me and Em. We're delighted to receive them. And um, if you don't want us to talk about it on the commentary, that's fine too. Just let yep. us know and we will shut up about it and reply to you uh, in word. But um, if you would like to have a shout out in the commentary, then uh, feel free. Uh, my final shout out, because I owe you one more. Um, I am also very lucky to be the editor of another wonderful show called Genesis Avalon, uh, which is written and directed by the wonderful Cat Pride who plays Kitty Shadow. And uh, we've promised each other we'll do uh, we'll do a little shout out for each other's shows. So if you listen to the line and enjoyed the line, I highly recommend you go and check out Genesis Avalon, also produced by Pendant Audio. It's uh, a PG-13 show, so not quite as adult as the line in terms of uh, language or subject matter, but it is very dark, very sinister, lots of religious themes um, based around a uh, superhero, uh, but powered by uh, powered by the gods. Uh, well worth a listen to. Uh, and that can be found at www.pendantaudio.com backslash Genesis Avalon, one word, dot PHP. You're like, you're like an HTML generator. It's great. Yeah. It's really good. We are going to shut up. We've been going on for far too long, but we've been going Jesus, on about very important yes. stuff that need to be talked about. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking around until the end of this commentary, Mike. God, you're a committed bunch. If aren't you, you have stuck around to the very end, <laughs> and you hear us use a special magic word, like sticking around to the end, and there's a little, and you can email us that. I'll find a little prize to the first first person. Really? What's the magic word going to be? The line. The line. Is that it? That's really easy. Or fuck. fuck. Or what are the other words you get to use? Twat. <laughs> if you email twat. <laughs> Twat. The line right. HQ at gmail.com. That's it. All you got to do, first person to email the word twat to the line HQ at gmail.com, M will sort you out with a little prize. There we I'll go. I'll find you a prize. Awesome. <laughs>
<laughs> so yes, the line HQ at gmail.com if you want to email us. Uh the line live on Twitter if you want to follow us there. I'm also the line boy on Twitter if you just want to follow me. Uh M is Sierra on Twitter, is that correct? That is correct. S I E I R O. There we go. Uh, you can find more about us on uh, pendantaudio.com. You can join the Pendant Audio mailing list where there's conversations. We're on Facebook. Oh my God, we're everywhere. Um, we're getting really annoying probably and we should maybe back off a little. So. That is like a complete and total twat spelling my fucking name. Yes, you did. It was very funny. Uh, we're going to make you do that more often. So, no. um, thank you. Once again, for listening. Thank you. Have a Thank lovely you. August. I hope it's wonderful wherever you are. And um, we will be back in September. And actually, when the September episode goes out, there will only be ten days until I get married. Ten days. Oh. You'll get married in the morning. The nearly, nearly the morning. <laughs> Fucking hell. Down the bells are gonna chime. <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Good morning. Good, good evening. Night. Good afternoon. Good lunchtime. Good morrow. That's Bye. a wrap. <laughs> That's a bad mess. Twat! For more information, visit pendantaudio.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>